essentially losing their entire roster hitting the transfer portal in less than a week. Wow. Yeah, dude. <laughs> well, hello to everyone in, in the troll room and who happens to be uh, catching this at a later date. We hope you're all doing uh, really well tonight. Um, Joseph, how have you been? I've been better and I've been worse. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel that. <laughs> uh, after what happened to my team this past Monday, this past week, really, and then having to watch Echo. I mean, it really <laughs> just Echo was just the cap. I was I watched all five episodes last night in one sitting, and I, oh, I definitely do not recommend. No, that. no, no, no. Yeah, I well, the biggest problem for me was that I got uh, I I just kept getting so sleepy watching it. You know, yes. I I'll give Modern Marvel this. They are great at curing like sleep deprivation. If you have <laughs> if you have trouble sleeping, you just have to throw on a Modern Marvel show, probably a movie too. But the the shows are a little longer, and not a whole lot happens, and so it's it's just a great way to fall asleep while attempting. Uh, to make sense of anything that was going on in uh, in Echo or whatever show that may be, but uh, thank you all for joining for joining us for episode one fifty nine of the Underground. We are here every Monday live streaming on YouTube, and then uh, on Wednesdays the show goes out on podcasts and gets re-uploaded onto YouTube. And Joseph, before we get started, I wanted to just make this announcement again because a few people clearly weren't listening or paying attention when I said this uh, a couple weeks ago or when we talked about it. Um, so as of now, we are still trying to use the value for value system, but anything that isn't our Monday night stream or whenever we happen to do the stream or... Um, Actually, podcast. it's pretty much, yeah, or the, the podcast, so if you listen to it on any podcast service, we are currently monetizing. So basically anything that goes up on YouTube that isn't the Monday Night Stream is getting monetized. Um, now, that may change one day if we can get to a point really where the show is uh, being funded solely through value for value, whatever that happens to look like. Yeah, absolutely, because I mean, I think one of the things you and I know how to... I'll just say it this way. Um, you know, one of the things that we envisioned that I remember speaking to David about the value for value, if we had, for example, uh, well, just take the 8,000 subs we have now, just strictly speaking for YouTube. If half of them gave a dollar each month, that's $4,000 a month. And if that just kept building, then yeah, that would help us stay away from having to monetize the channel. Right. It's definitely not something that we prefer to do. But as we have said since we started the podcast from the very beginning and started on YouTube as well, uh, is that if the value for value system wasn't there and, you know, you guys chose us to support us through uh, the ad revenue through YouTube, then we would go that route. That's fine. It, it's really just up to you guys. What value do you think our content is worth? If it's more valuable for y'all for us to be monetized through YouTube, we'll go that route. No problem. If it's more valuable for you guys to donate to us because you find our content entertaining and intriguing and, and just valuable to you, uh, then you're able to donate. And that's why we, you know, did the, you know, uh, the levels of donations. Um, there's nothing extra that you get other than the title, but it's a title that you can actually put on your resume that you were a producer for 
associate executive producer and executive producer for and get credit for. So, all of that being said, uh, that's what's happening for now, and uh, I don't want to, I don't want to mention it again. So, you can have people go back to uh, this episode if they don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. Not, and you know, with people who are new and stuff like that, that's fine. Um, yeah, I get it, uh, and I think you know, eventually, you know, we as we said to start off the uh, our podcast this year. Um, on our very first stream of this year, you know, our goal is to uh, be able to put more long form content up and then more clips up and stuff like that. Now that our schedules have pretty much settled. Yeah. Uh, so consistency is going to be the key. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, with all of that out of the way, uh, Joseph, which one are we talking about first? I say let's do Echo, and then let's go into the Beekeeper. Okay. Let's uh, end on a high note. Well, a higher note. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, thank you to Jay's daddy um, for your one ninety nine donations. Your your back to back one ninety nine donations. Uh, I will say this though. What was that I, let me, last one that Jay said? What's that last comment he said? Uh, it says fine. Take my money, Stooge, and it says Stooge. I'm taking this out of waifu fund. Um, I will say this. We did manage to get um enough in donations last year to cover the cost of um the podcast service for the entire year of 24. Uh, we have, I gotta, hey. I gotta do, a, I think we have to wait until the end of this month. Um, and there's still a couple like bookkeeping things that have to get done for us to get that money out and use it. But it did happen. So like, that's, I mean, when we, when we talk about this, like that's, that's a really big, um, step for us. Yeah. Um, it really does mean a lot. And it's just that little bit accumulated over uh, you guys donating and then also just the little bit of ad revenue that we do have coming in. Uh, it makes a big difference to us. And it it's that little it makes like us doing this like slightly less burden burdensome. So um, but and and it that helps because when we have to have the burden of actually watching Echo, uh, <laughs> it makes it helps. It helps keep things kind of pushing in the right the direction. Heavy yeah. Um, I don't you know uh, when Jesus talks about uh, come to me, all you are heavy laden. Yes. and I will give you rest. Yes. That's what I had to do last night after I watched. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go to Jesus. Um. Oh. <laughs> I needed, I needed, because uh, I didn't have any brother there to bear this burden with me. So, well, yeah. But now I, I do. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Um, <laughs> okay, so I. How do you want to do this? I, I guess let me. I we I mentioned it before, but like, I don't know if we were we're streaming yet. So, I don't understand Joseph. How every time we get a new show that comes out in the vein of like pop culture, like whether it's Marvel or uh, Star Wars or I, I don't know, like pick your poison uh, right. with a lot of this stuff. 
more often than not, it just keeps getting worse. Unfortunately. They, it, I don't really understand. Does. I don't understand. And, and what's crazy, dude, is we're at the point now where it's not, we can't just talk about, well, the story's not very good and the characters aren't very good and there's a lot of stuff in the writing that doesn't make sense. Dude, the editing is bad now. That's causing Sound the pacing. Is the, bad. Yeah, it's causing the pacing to just it. It's practically non-existent, dude. The first episode of Echo doesn't make any sense. No, it is. It is legitimately. Dude, I got it at the end of episode five, and I was like, "That's why I thought episode one, right? What you just said. Yeah, I got the end of episode five. And I'm like, this season makes no sense. Yeah, it, it's it, it's <laughs> like there is barely a connection. From the beginning of the first episode to the end of the last episode, um, they've changed her character like a ton. From from what I can tell, like Echo's not a popular character in Marvel comics. Like, don't let anybody fool you into believing that that's the case. David, um, I heard they sold twelve copies of Echo. <laughs> uh, I I don't understand why this was made. Why, you know, I, I guess. Charlie Cox got the best end in all of this. I mean, he he had all that stuff with uh, what was it, She Hulk, where he had he was in like an episode or two or whatever. But like, man, his performance in this is essentially, uh, I think, the way most people feel about the show, where he showed up and he was like, "Man, this isn't worth it," and he just got out as quickly as he possibly could. <laughs> right. So, but that's the thing, man. So that first episode, they're trying to basically You're talking about Charlie Cox, right? Yeah, yeah, from. Yeah, the uh, guy that- Daredevil. Yeah, he yeah. plays Daredevil, um, who I really like, and I thought he was a great Matt Murdock, and I love um, the Daredevil show. Uh, I, 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 like, kind of unabashedly, I think it's it's pretty great, and I There's it's got problems. Good actors but, in this, like, it's not. I don't. Oh, dude, Vincent Vincent D'Onofrio is a great actor, and he's the best kingpin. Like, he's a fantastic pink kingpin, and there, what he is in this is a shadow of his former self. Yeah, I was talking to you about that uh Ugh. earlier in the day what was it that i said let me see i said that uh what they did to kingpin's character kingpin's character is ridiculous excuse me hang on. what they did to kingpin's characters is crazy and ridiculous it <laughs> seems like someone projected their desire for paternal approval onto onto the character it- i don't have a problem necessarily with that writing right david sure. but kingpin to me I just don't think he's the character for that narrative. They did okay. So it's like, I, if the studio, if a studio took Sauron and made him into a simp for Gladriel, well, it's what right? they it's just well. So it's what they do to him to make him a pathetic. Yeah, well, they're constantly so, need, needing Maya's uh, approval and acceptance. It's weird. Um, it gets goes to a weird place in the last couple episodes with that because he's like his the damage was done to him in Hawkeye. Um, he gets beat up, uh, oh shoot, her name's slipping my mind, um, Hawkeye's daughter, his, well, his, like, sidekick in that, somebody in the troll room will probably remember her name, but I, for whatever reason, her name's, uh, yeah, her name's slipping my mind, but he gets beat by her, and then he gets shot by Echo at the end, like, back to back, uh, in that, Kate I, Bishop, thank you, Jake, um, and, uh, that was enough to be like, what are y'all doing to this character? Because, like, I've talked about it before uh, on the show. There is a clip from a couple of years ago of me talking about this. But you can go back and watch season one of Daredevil. And Kingpin in that is at the 
is the best that he's that he's ever been, you know. And he, and he holds a pretty he holds that pretty well throughout those three seasons. But it, dude, he crushes a dude's head with a car door in the first season, and it's just like it's all of this stuff that shows you like he has he has dimensions to him, right? So when you're saying that sort of um, potential like paternal instinct, I don't think that's outside the realm of his character. It's what they do with it that goes the wrong way where it's like it I think that you could say in his own twisted way because it was the same way with his wife he loved his wife and a lot of what he did was for for her but what king like big kingpin's flaw is is that he doesn't understand that his violent nature and the acts that he commits against other people are the things that scare people away from him or the things that um show that he is as evil as everyone thinks that he is um, right. And so you could have done, there is a scenario in which you could do a story with Kingpin and another character, Echo or otherwise, that works. Um, I, I, you know, the show doesn't give me any sort of, like, foundation for that, for the most part, because they're basically like, well, I guess you could say, okay, you have the character, like, you have Echo, um, a hero kills her father. That sort of cements it. It should have happened when she was a lot younger. They shouldn't have done it when she was a couple years old or younger than she was in uh, the show, uh, in her like title show. Um, there's a lot of things that you have to like set up, and that's what I was saying about that first episode. They do none of that. There's no there's no real setup in the first episode except uh, she gets in a car accident. A shard of glass, some a big shard of glass, somehow uh, st- like gets into her leg. Been? in a car accident before dude that it's like and it's where did that come from it's poor writing because again it's you have a car accident there's many different ways somebody could lose their you know leg in a car accident you don't need a random shard of glass it's just not excellent writing i mean i think you're talking about why do these (laughs) why do these shows keep on getting worse and it's because of the writers man i think it comes i really I know we try in in a a way stay out of like adding politics to this. You know what I mean? Talking about that aspect of it in a sense. Uh, But I'll say it like this. If your identity is the sole captivating aspect about your story, then your story lacks depth and interest. I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing I don't understand about that. Let's say that you wanted to make a show that was. Uh, it's the Choctaw Nation, is that right? Yeah. Something close to that. Um, forgive me if I mispronounced it, but why would you not look at this and go, this is the most offensive thing that I've ever seen? Right? Like, not only, it shouldn't it, only I don't be, know anything about that tribe, right? Yeah. But why? Well, from, from my, like, no understanding of that tribe, this does not seem like a good representation of them. Exactly. And not only that, but the show sucks. So, like, mm-hmm. why why would you look at this? I, like, you, you can be potentially offended on twofold. Because, like, as far as I can tell, um, because I have no understanding of sort of, like, their, their culture and traditions, I'm just like, this seems really generic. Yeah, like, something you would see. Basically, go ahead. Well, like they're the whole like sort of cultural aspect of the show seems really generic. So you could potentially yeah. be like you guys couldn't even try to like 
do a little bit more with that. And not only that, but probably the bigger offense is like, why is the show this bad? Why would you think that it would it would be like people would be on your side for making like an offensively bad show? And I don't mean like offensive in in sort of the traditional sense of that. Like the show itself and the writing and the editing and the dialogue and the direction and the use of Daredevil um, and Kingpin. It's offensively bad. Where it's Dude, it, it's I just was, like, oh gosh. I I agree. I I agree with you. And I was going to actually mention. We need to between Echo and like all these different bad TV shows yeah. that we've reviewed and covered, make like a best of the worst list. <laughs> <laughs> like really, actually think about it and break it out because this show really sincerely. What do we just... go? What do we go back to? Should we? I guess we should go back to. I think the best cutoff point would be like after Endgame. That's where we need to start. Yes. That's where the, the list needs to start. Yep. Um, but I, I actually, and I, we'll we'll talk about it maybe later this week. Um, I might have a potentially good movie for us to review, but I haven't watched Ooh. it yet. It's in it's in my list. I got a recommendation. Um, okay. So I'm I'm kind of curious. Reliable source. Yes, very reliable. But I'm gonna okay. keep I'm gonna keep uh, it close to the chest for now. Um. But I also, uh, I, I thought, so I almost messaged you today and asked if we could hold the show off for an extra day because I wanted to go back and watch The Raid because mm-hmm. that movie, and I tweeted about this today, that movie is like my personal gold standard for how you put together a martial arts film what you need to look at if you're making, whether it's television or movies or what have you. That, in my That's mind... not Rebel Moon? Yeah, for sure. That that movie, in my mind, is a is maybe not the only one, but it is a foundational movie, as far as I'm concerned, uh, for how you put together a good action film, scene, whatever you happen to be uh, trying to accomplish. Uh, and Echo doesn't do any of that. Now... Echo, I, I might, maybe you disagree with this, and I, I don't know, like, because I didn't, I wasn't paying, like, super, super close attention with this one, and it's still bad, but the action in this is, like, maybe a little better, like, maybe, like, just a minuscule better than some of the other television, television shows from Marvel that we've seen, well, uh, and I don't, what have we seen from Marvel? I know we, I know I watch Kenobi. Um, yeah, I think Kenobi's better than Echo. Yeah, There's but no remember, no, 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 no. But remember that scene with the lady in the hallway when she slaps that stormtrooper. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, I, 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 because oh, it we're really talking, is like yeah. you're down, you're beyond the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. You're in, you're in the sewer. I don't, I don't know. I mean, like, it's all really bad, and there's lots. Uh, this at See, least, I think ah- Ahsoka has to be better than Echo. Are we talking but I like fights in particular is what I'm I'm thinking about. And I guess the Balin stuff puts yeah Ek, or sorry puts uh Ahsoka higher what than the, Echo. The, the fight um, core it's it's this at least with Ahsoka and from what I can remember with uh Kenobi outside of that one scene in particular with Echo it just seemed like every single fight was you could just tell it was choreography. Yeah. Right? Like Well, uh, it's not it's it's not um 
you can tell she's not trained. Um, and whoever they had, because I don't think Charlie Cox was doing that stuff, but whoever they had for Daredevil, because we can just talk about that scene in particular, uh, whoever was doing the stuff for Daredevil clearly was a little bit better. And, dude, I, did you see, uh, maybe, so there's a, uh, after that episode, the the next episode is, they, they do like the little uh, on the previous episode thing, and it's basically right. Daredevil beating the crap out of Echo, and like it ends with him like toppling that uh, uh, shelf on top of her, and it cuts immediately to the scene of like uh, uh, Kingpin going, "No one's held themselves as uh, against him as well as you have," and I started laughing out Dude, loud because I it's the too. it's the cut of that, and it's like you made her look like an idiot, and it, it almost seems intentional that whoever was cutting that together was like, I'm going to put these things together so that maybe people are like, the show is ridiculous. Maybe they it's just like it reaches through to some people, and they're like, what, what is Kingpin talking about? Like, she got it, she got uh, that fight, ha- like, she got handed it in that. Yeah. You know what I mean? No. Like, it, it, she what did you, not... What you're, what you're shown does not match up with what he says. Exactly. It's like they want you to and, think that's what he thinks. And then for uh, some reason he runs away. For no, he yeah. was winning, and then he just like topples that thing on top of her, and then runs away. And Dude, I, it was... I'm just like, what? I don't. It, all sorts of weird stuff like that. Um, I just kept hoping Rocket would show up and steal her leg. <laughs> that would have been pretty funny. <laughs> the show just ends, and you just see Rocket walking away with her leg. That'd been great. Um, I do want to mention this because I, I didn't get to say it earlier. Um, Sandy had this comment about the show and like how it keeps getting worse. It said money laundering dot dot dot. By the way, show didn't have legs. I guess. <laughs> I saw it. And Zach said he couldn't make it through episode two, which I yeah. I, I, if again, if this is another show that if we were not doing this to talk about it, I wouldn't have gotten through episode one. Oh, I never would have started, but I definitely wouldn't yeah. have gotten through uh, episode one. Yeah. But Matthew, um, Matt brought up a good point in uh, the troll room as well. He said that the Choctaw never had any teepees, and he's also surprised that uh, this was the point I was actually meaning to bring up. Uh, he was surprised that there was any uproar about how they switch Echo's tribe from um, the comics. I, and I, I don't know, maybe it, well, that's the thing is like, it's pretty niche. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's probably a handful of people out there who are aware of this, and they were like, "Oh wow, that sucks that they would do something like that." But and David's not joking. It's probably literally a, a handful literal of handful of people. Um, because she's not a popular character. I, I thought you know I was I don't know anything about Echo, right? I don't either. I know yeah, like. No one does. But I was thinking, Echo, okay, this is, I haven't seen a trailer or nothing. Um, and I was like, I wonder if this is going to be, you know, I just knew like it was about a deaf superhero that was Native American. <laughs> and, uh, uh, dude, anyway, so the silent- I just thought, like, okay, I wonder if she's going to have to use like echolocation and like it's going to, like, even though she's a superhero who is deaf, Uh-oh. like it's going to enhance her other abilities somehow. Um, no, she's basically just like Daredevil. Oh, she, see, so she wouldn't need to use echolocation, but yeah, she's basically just Daredevil, but deaf instead of blind. I think. 
Yeah, but like, and this is the thing. I this is the question I had. That was stupid. Why would she use echolocation? Why would I think that? <laughs> not blind. <laughs> anyway, uh, but the so at the end, ex- I, I know we're jumping ahead here, but I really want to. No, that's question. that's fine. Go ahead. I don't I don't really care about I don't care about staying in order with this. So partially because the show doesn't even know how to construct that stuff. Like it, it, the show doesn't deserve the res- even the bit modicum of respect of putting something. Uh, like functional together with it because it's it's all just complaints about everything in it yeah dude, sorry go like, ahead so what i don't understand is so her superpower right was from her ancestors which was some alien race from planet whatever I, I, was um, it i thought like because they kind the way that they described it or at least because it doesn't make it doesn't make sense nothing that they say about the origin of all of this makes it, it it's there were some people in a quote-unquote cave. The cave collapsed. Somehow, one of the people in the cave, even though, it, again, there. showing versus what they're telling us, they this one character saves the rest of her tribe, and then somehow they're on, they're they're now standing on Earth, and for for reasons, they're weird like mud skin melts away or like flakes off and they're human but she because she saved her tribe has special powers that this is where it comes from echoes through the generations that's well, that's where that comes from completely so does her power like, oh, allow, allows her to heal right her her power is is another bullcrap does whatever it needs to in the moment power just like right, the, but it does allow to heal Yes, yes. They would be here, I, right? I believe okay. so, yeah. So oh, we no. all <laughs> recognize that being deaf, right, does present challenges, especially when you're Echo yeah. and you're investigating <laughs> bad people, right? Yeah. And if you have the ability to heal, just like if I had the ability to heal, right? Like, there's things with my brain I would heal. There's things with my eyes I would heal, right? I mean, I'm not blind, but I have to wear glasses and contacts, things like that, right? Right. If you have the power to heal, why would the first thing you heal be your flipping ears so you can hear? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, it would have solved one of her major problems. And, you know, not only that, but, like, so like- it, that just made me remember, what was up with the weird uh, throwaway line where Kingpin is basically like, oh, I had some stuff implanted in me, so now I can understand you. And also, weird, really bad CG arms will come up and do sign language whenever I talk so that you can understand me. It looks so... Dude, it, it borderlo- borderline looked like some sort of paint program that they put... Like, really basic uh, program that they put that into to make it those that, arms. I was dying laughing. Listen... Like, I really do think there's a way to obviously have a superhero who is deaf, Native American, make it fun, make it entertaining. This just isn't it, right? Like, there's a way to write this. If you got right. people from the, the 90s, early 2000s, like, just good writers, um, and even there are still Dude, writers we would these have been, days who are good at writing. We would have been right? better off with the writers from the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie for this show. S- sincerely, like, there's a, there's a way to do it. Like, for example, if you're going to have her be deaf, right? Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right, but why not give her any in- inner dialogue so the show doesn't feel well, empty? Something, and yeah. Something. And I know that the actor herself is deaf, and this is the uh, other thing I wanted to show. Uh, I wanted to say is that she's deaf, and you can definitely tell she's good at sign language, right? 
Yeah. And then well, everyone else, you could definitely tell they had to learn it. Yep. So here's it does not seem natural. The the biggest problem it, it does kind of go back to a lot of what you were were talking about though is that Marvel is in this place now where it's really hard to have a character like Echo because technology is so good in that universe that it's probably just possible that she doesn't have to be deaf. And the fact that Kingpin wasn't able to afford to get her a better prosthetic he, he, she's like, yeah. she's like an upper. He like seriously cares about her, and you're telling me that he didn't have any way of getting a hold of like Stark technology or some sort of tech that would have uh, allowed her to have a better arm than the like, or excuse me, a better leg than that weird like, or like the plastic one that she apparently has had forever, like the you know your typical one that you would probably get if you were missing a limb. It, it, it's it's odd, dude. I it's it I just is. don't understand it. Now, is she it missing? Is. is she missing a a leg in real life too, or is that movie magic? Oh man, you know because it's, it's a weird. It's a weird thing to add on to her character. Like they just have to make her extra disabled. Yeah, I think. Um. That'd be a lot of CGI to have to do too. But they do it all the time, though. I mean, it doesn't even need they to be. C- it doesn't even need to be CGI. Like, there's tons of practical. They've been doing practical ways of people having like peg legs, um, or missing limbs for a long time. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I just, I find so much about the show. How do you pronounce her name? Uh, Alakwa Cox. Alakwa Cox. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, she does. She does. She's she actually an amputee. That's okay. pretty cool. I mean, okay. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm sad. That's, I'm sorry that happened to her. Okay. Uh, that that makes I guess that's uh, that makes sense. It's just very I mean that in a good way. <laughs> hey, it's um, pretty cool. You also left. <laughs> uh, that's why she went for the role from the Amazon workshop. Oh, okay. Well. I I don't know. I kind of feel bad to some degree that this is what she got stuck with, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'd really, you know, I know someone in the troll room said that uh, they thought the actress, that she was terrible. And for me, it's like, I I just don't, like, what more she could she do with that script? I get, like, I I do understand. I do, I, I did think throughout the show that she was brooding too much of that meant. Yeah. If that makes sense. And then going from being menacing and not... Like not not enough emotion being shown through her body language, um, interacting. But again, it, it's let me. Th- I would want to see her in a better show with better writing or a better movie with better writing. Let me ask you uh, a question. Before I make, make that uh, determination, do you think that the problem is that it's not good in what I would say? in like popular media things that you're trying to and maybe i don't know what their goal was with echo um but marvel typically you would think that their goal is to try to get a large swath of people to watch their content so let's adjust from that angle because i think if you're doing something that's more like indie or niche um having like a silent protagonist or basically what echo is because she kind mm-hmm. of is, she kind of is like obviously she she can use sign language like duh like but, Silent Night. But kind of, yeah. Is it good 
to have that be the forefront of your story in something like this. Hmm. That's a good question. I, that's what I, 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 I don't. That's what I keep I don't thinking think it's about. impossible. No, I don't think I it's impossible. Think I, I don't. After watching Echo and Silent Night, it's hard. Yeah, we're kind of two for two for the not so great uh, entertainment with silent. I'm just going to call them silent protagonists. Um, it's it's weird. Uh, I you would I think you had mentioned it before, but it 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 makes everything feel a little more empty and. Oh, Matthew, I'm sorry for interrupting you. Yeah. Uh, Matthew's legit when he said he's being sincere when he says that uh, she went for the role directly from the Amazon workshop. Um, oh, like actually, uh, worked as a laborer there, um, and then went to this job. So I'd have to, not that I don't trust got it, you, got it. I just want to. That's interesting if that's true. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, <clears throat> well, Mar that's that's kind of what Marvel's just been. I mean, that's kind of what they do with uh, directors and writers now. I mean, they they pull people from. It's like I can't remember the guy's name, but the guy that wrote Multiverse of Madness, uh, he was like a co-writer on Rick and Morty, uh, before that happened, before he got that job, and so he went from basically being uh an under, you could almost call it like an understudy writer for that show, um, because the rumor is is that there were there's like a lot of writers on the show, but then is it Dan Harmon that that writes? I've been watching. I'm pretty sure it's Dan Harmon. Um, he writes a lot of the the stuff himself, and he just gets ideas from like the other people. Like they're like, "What if you know Rick turned into a pickle?" Yeah. And then the whoever came up with the idea gets a writing credit on that episode, even though they were not the main writer of the episode. Um, and so you've got a lot of people who are coming from positions where like they're they're getting put into head writer roles, head director roles. And their previous work, sort of like that that lady. Did we talk about it last week? The 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 lady who's just like it's time for women to take over Star Wars or whatever. Did we talk yeah. about that last week? It, she yeah. was she's like a activist documentary filmmaker. Um, and then they're they're like, well, we'll have her be the next director of a Star Wars movie. And, and it's just like, what are you guys? What are you doing? What are yeah, these decisions? Totally different. I, and genre. that's that's the thing is like I I don't I don't care if someone um has never acted before and they're in something sometimes uh people have those like hidden talents and I don't think there's anything wrong with her trying to uh to do that but I think you're right I I I think um she probably didn't need a leading role um starting out because she's never done this stuff before and the way that you win people over in this stuff like there's a reason why like robert downey jr was so successful as iron man you know what i mean yeah because he had that legacy there that and, and he had yeah and he had the acting chops to pull that role off in a way that was widely uh, uh appealable to to other people um and you know, to, I mean, even someone like well, you know, we'll get into Beekeeper, but like Jason Statham, I, I think s to some degree has that that same kind of appeal. I mean, The Rock had it for a long time. Right. Um, he's kind of lost a little bit of that, uh, I think. But it, it, yeah, it it comes and goes, right? I mean, like uh, you know, Harrison Ford was the same way. Um, 
Tom Cruise for a long time. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Yeah. I mean, it, even, um, you know, like Meryl Streep. Uh, who else? I'm trying to think of some other people. Um, Leonardo. Yeah, DiCaprio has always kind of uh, been able to do that. Margot Robbie for a long time uh, had that. Um, I, I, there's a lot of uh, people who get in, into these positions, and whether they're kind of new or not, you know, Michael Fassbender, you know, uh, that yes. that dude has always uh, been. I now we're kind of in a weird age where I don't. After right there. Y- yeah, I, I don't think that. Um, I think, especially after what happened with the most recent uh, Mission Impossible, I'm not sure that there are actors and actresses today that they alone can sell movie tickets. We yeah. see we seem to have fully moved out of that because Tom Cruise kind of was the last one, and we'll see because Top Gun Three got greenlit. So I am really I curious to see what's going to end up happening with that. Um, but I don't know if there is an actor or actress out there today that can really sell a movie on their own, like, oh, this is the the person who's going to be the lead actor in this. I don't think, I mean, like, look at Godzilla Minus One, you know? Godzilla's yep. going to sell that a little bit, but, like, word of mouth did that because no one knew, like, like especially in the States and, and let's just say outside of Japan, for the most part, like, your average person had no idea who any of those actress, uh, actors and actresses were. They know Godzilla, and so that's, like, enough to be, okay, well, I'll go see this because I like these kind of uh, sub-genre-type movies, and uh, it might be fun. The trailer looks pretty good. It looks better than the stuff that were, you know, the American version of the Godzilla stuff. It looks better than that, so maybe this will be decent. And then you get the best movie of 23. Yep. Hands down. That's because it's coming outside of Hollywood because Hollywood. So I, I really think it boils down to dude just being so focused on check boxes rather than crafting a a good story, right? An entertaining yeah. and fun story. Yeah. You know, and I go back to if your identity is the sole captivating aspect about your story, then your story lacks depth and interest. But guess what? In Godzilla, we got to learn a lot about Japanese culture, relate to their journey. I'm I'm not Japanese in any sense, but I, you know, there's parts of that story i'm able to connect to right um whereas in echo uh it the show focuses on attempting to teach the audience lessons on how to be the right kind of quote-unquote good person rather than crafting an entertaining story as i was just saying and it basically just boils down to person a doesn't feel seen by anyone then something happens and now person a feels seen and heard it's I just don't care about your person needing to feel heard if they're a murderer, which is what Echo was. Yeah, she's and not a good person. Not, <laughs> no, she's not. It, 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 and and I'm all for redemption arcs, right? But yeah, absolutely. that stuff has consequences too. And so she doesn't. Um, she doesn't even have a redemption arc in this. Nope. She does no. exactly what she wants to do. She gets some special powers. Saves a, pe- a few people that she cares about, and they have like a barbecue. <laughs> Let's and forget that it she ends. wants to be queen pin. Oh yeah, she basically yeah, she wants to be the queen pin. It, it's it's crazy, and I 
That was so bad. It, it really is like if a middle schooler wrote a story, Oof. this is what it would be at, dude, or it a is high not, school. It's, dude, it's not even you know, a And not like draft. a high-grade high school. I, I yeah. really think there has to be high school students who can write better than this. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure there are some out there. Uh, it, but this is the thing, man, is like it's not even just about that, right? Because you don't go – you're not supposed to go with your first draft. Nope. You do You do rewrites, and you workshop stuff. And I think one of the things that's going on is that Disney is trying, and this is something I, I keep kind of harping on, um, this like idea of that we don't, like entertainment these days is more content in the modern sense than it's ever been. Like it's the, mm-hmm. tic, it's the we can call it the TikTok effect if you want to, to put more of like that modern lens on it. But you, you get this effect of we have to keep churning out stuff. You have to get your script done. We have to start uh, pre-production. We got to get everything filmed. We have to get everything edited. We have to start post-production, and we have to get the actors out talking about this stuff and start pushing all of our like propaganda and all the other things. Yeah, that it's like we an algorithm. It is exactly, and it's like it's boom, boom, boom. And you know, Marvel, like a conveyor belt of if you do this, if you follow this, you'll get this end result, and that's right. not how it is with these. Well, and Marvel did. And Marvel had a pipeline that was decent at one point. You know, not everything that came out was going to be uh, the best thing you've ever seen, but they were. You at least would go, "All right, that was entertaining, and the story was all right, and maybe I didn't like these things about it, but overall, it's pretty good." And then occasionally, you would get Guardians, you would get Civil War, or you know. Um, well, Dark yeah. World. Yeah, and then, like, it's so funny, dude, because there's so many people that still think Dark World is, like, the worst Marvel movie. And I'm like, y'all are living in an imaginary land yeah. that I don't understand. I think people get too distracted by, oh, hey, again, identity, right? Um, I guess. It, I, yeah, and, I just, and, I don't know what... And that's why they can't They can't look at... There's no way someone can tell me Eternals is better than Dark World. Right. And, well, the problem is, man, is that no one will have a serious conversation about it. It's so it's so tribalistic, and again, it's like I've I've talked about. Like I'm just kind of tired of Twitter. Like I I try to spend as little time as possible on there, and then I'll go on, make some tweets, and then get off because all of it has become like, oh, I just need to get monetized on here, so I need to try to like argue with as many people as I possibly can. And no one, I, all I want to do is have conversations with people and be like, okay, can we have a real conversation about? where these movies line up as far as how good they are versus how bad they are. Um, no one is calling like Dark World a good movie, but it's a lot better than what we've been getting, I don't know, probably... Since Endgame. Since Endgame, yeah. I mean, With the exception of, obviously, Spider-Man No yes, Way Home is better than Dark World. No Way Home isn't Dark World's a good movie. Right. And and, and that's the thing is, like, I, I'm... T- it's even stuff like that, man, where it's like, this isn't what I'm saying. It's like, can we can we have a converse just like have a conversation about this where you actually listen to me? You know what I mean? And and not like, are you saying this? It's like, did I say that? Like, did you hear what I said, or are you trying to morph my argument into something else? And this is that is, dude, it's the age of the internet where you can't you just cannot seem now you find small pockets of it. And you find kind of like your people, if you will. Mm-hmm. But I just don't like the fact that it's uh, take take te- technically what Mexican. What do you mean? Take take the. Oh, this is what I'm getting at. Take the conversation that I had with technically Mexican when we went on a show. I think he either came on our show. Maybe it was when he came on our show. But he and I talked about the Last Jedi, and he's like, he's willing to admit that the Last Jedi probably isn't a very good movie, but he still likes it. 
Yeah, just like when I talked about The Hobbit. Yeah, and it's like, I'll point... I still like The Hobbit. That's what I watched last night. I don't know why you're... No, not last night, but the (laughs) night before last, The Hobbit. But that's the general idea, is like, okay, let's talk about the the throne room scene in The Last Jedi, and and technically Mexican could be like, oh yeah, I, I, I understand that. Now, he may still feel that he likes the movie, right? Or, or believes that he still likes the movie, and maybe on later watchings, he'll see some stuff, and he'll be like, yeah, maybe this isn't as good as I thought that it was. Right. Which is kind of the kind of the point, is that you, you kind of, you, you put together an argument, if you will, and maybe it doesn't land in that moment, but maybe on another viewing of that thing, anyone will go, Ooh, yeah, I see that now. Maybe that wasn't so good. Oh, maybe this doesn't make as much sense. Or, oh, I didn't notice that that didn't make sense. Um, You know, it's like, why are these characters really one-dimensional? Why does Finn sort of seem like he just, you know, simps for Rey and follows her around <laughs> everywhere? Yeah, chasing her <laughs> approval. Um, well, Stuff like that, man. I, I, I And I, I wish that there was more of that nuance yeah yeah yeah, that's what it comes down to because it's discussion yeah it's just like on tiktok it's funny that you said that because uh about three days ago on our rebel moon um video we had someone comment character development who the f cares i don't need to sit through another finds their voice storyline let let them just be who they are guys are reaching for complaints right and I said, calm down. What? It's just a, <laughs> I was like, calm down. It's just a bad movie we're talking about. Poor character <laughs> development isn't its only issue, but I'm glad you liked it. I'm like, yeah, just dude, just like, why, why are you coming in so hot? But well, that's kind of what social thing media is does like... across, whether if it's Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, is that, you know, people seem to be less willing. And when you critique, something that they like they take it as a personal attack sure which and it's like hey let's let's bring it back down and let's just talk about it also I mean, what is he what is that at this and this is my problem is because when they say like just let them be who they are it's like what does that even mean yeah, they, they you it's like you you make the comment but it's like, where is that coming? Where's that coming from? Like, why do you why do you think that it's fine the way that it is? And dude, I'm telling you, it's because it is this age of like seeing things through like a, a TikTok lens, a short form lens, where yeah. I think is how Zack Snyder makes his movies. Yeah, you just need to be told everything, and you you don't get like a proper um story of of you know the characters going on journeys and coming to conclusions and like all the stuff uh uh being kind of like put together in a a pot with the themes of the story and how all of that stuff uh plays a role in getting you to sort of like the the end product um which again right. going back to minus 1 is something that that does very well um it it executes very well on like its character development, its themes, and of course, like you know, we've we've talked about some of the uh, the stuff that probably doesn't work, but is easy enough to overlook because of how strong everything else in it is. Um, and that's the kind of thing that we're we're looking for. So it's like we're not re like again. It's like okay, you're you're just saying this stuff. You're throwing it out into the ether as if like oh, they're just they're reaching for complaints. It's like I'm not reaching for complaints with Rebel Moon. 
I'm not reaching for complaints with Echo uh, or with uh, Bricklayer or with whatever, you know? Right. Uh, they, people just, they want to try to, like, argue a point, but they haven't really considered it. Because I think if people took the time to be like, or ask, well, what do you mean by character, or like, what kind of character development needed to be there? And I was like, well, with Rebel Moon, any. Something. Something that wasn't just, like, directly told to you, right? Like, Where you, all the characters just <clears throat> remain static. Yeah, this is the bestest of the best warrior character, and when she beats up, you know, five men who can't seem to, to shoot her, uh, you're just supposed to, to take it for what it is. And it's like, well, why do I have to do that? You know, it's like, why, why is that the way that we have to see things? Um, it, you know, it goes back to it again, cause like IGN put out a, uh, a review of Echo. I didn't actually watch the whole review. I just saw their tweet and I was like, it, man, it made my eyes roll so hard. You could probably hear it in another state. Um, <laughs> cause they're like, oh, it's a gritty. Actually, that's what that shaking. Let me, was. let me, let me pull up. Yeah. Let me, <laughs> let me pull up what they said. Uh, Let's see here. IGN said, uh, Echo is a refreshingly gritty, grounded, and unflinchingly violent superhero story amid nods to vintage Western and uh, premium crime dramas. Alaco Cox delivers a culturally authentic and captivating anti-hero worth rooting for. (laughs) I was like, Echo is none of these things. It's a mess and hardly watchable. IGN needs to rethink how they review Echo everything ah <laughs> oh, man it's it, I, that's one of the things too when and and this is what i hear everything go ahead well this is what i you know I, let me i'll finish here and then you can you can make your point i would love to just attempt to have a conversation with the person who wrote that review and be like i want you to do your best to convince me that i am wrong that Echo sucks. But I don't yeah. I don't think and here here's where it comes from is like I don't think that most people who let's say just kind of like watch the content for content's sake or even a lot of the reviewers on IGN or a lot of these main outlets or whoever they may be I'm not sure that they have the um What's the word I'm looking for, Joseph? Uh, sort of the uh, oh man, the words slipping slipping my mind. But like, I, essentially, they just don't care enough. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean it doesn't mean much to them, and so they'll put something like that out. And when it gets questioned, the easiest thing for them to do that kind of just like saves face for them is to be like oh, well, that person's an idiot or a bigot or a this or a that, uh, rather than actually uh, getting involved in some sort of dialogue. Right. Because you know as well as I do that, like, I don't, well, I occasionally I'll, I'll, I'll troll people or whatever because people say stupid things and I'm just like, oh, all right. It was like, you, 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 you hit a nerve and I'm just going to clap back. But typically, I that's what I would love to, to be able to do, but I, I just, I don't know. It never seems to go anywhere, and I, I wish I could think of the exact word, but 
And what were you trying to say? Like the exact word for like someone who just doesn't care. That yeah, that it's just like they don't have um, that sort of hard, like closed-fisted stance on something when they're reviewing it. The same way, so like you know how I'm I'm always talking about, you know, I I really don't like to give numbers to things, but I'm trying to put something together that I'm like. This is as close to a, like, solid standard, like, foundationally for how I want to review things. Yeah, like a metric. Yeah, and and how I'm like, okay, giving, having so a range. Objectively yeah, determine, like, the, the outcome. As best as I possibly can with the understanding that, you know, that two, three, four range it can easily be moved around in there because of, like, some other things but like it's gonna be in there it's like once you kind of get below a four you're really just like the bottom of the barrel at that point um but it's like you a a one can be echo and a one can be rebel moon but they're and, and they are both ones but like i i could have a conversation if i so choose that one of those is actually better but they're like well you both you gave them both ones you're like yeah but it doesn't mean that there aren't like tiny details in one of them or one of them might be something that if you, you know, put me on a desert island and said you can watch, you, you know, you have to watch like one of these or whatever or whatever the situation would be. Like I'd probably pick one over the other. It doesn't mean they still don't suck. Um, yeah, exactly. And then it's 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 a weird concept, too, because it, on like that specific rating scale, something that's like a uh, a bad B movie, but it's like good, bad something like the yeah. room the room maybe um that's a little bit different because it's like yeah the movie sucks but there is an entertainment value out of that and so i don't know if that should play it like if you're getting into that one territory that one two territory it's not just that it isn't entertaining it's all of the other like technical aspects of it that are also really bad right. so i you could say something like the beekeeper um is really it, like okay saying it's really bad probably isn't fair but like it is bad but there's a lot of entertaining aspects to it so it kind of pushes it elevates it a little bit more yeah into yeah. the direction of it's it fun it, yeah um i would say it's you know yeah so something like that bl- below average right you have oh, average yeah, yeah, and then yeah, you yeah, have yeah, below yeah. average that's how i would put the, it. the writing really brings it down there's a lot of really yes. stupid a lot of really stupid writing in it yes yes and uh, you definitely have to turn your brain off. But then there's some great lines, great moments that are just so yeah. <laughs> ridiculous and funny did, did and over have, the top. Did you have anything else you wanted to mention about Echo or are you, are well, you ready to move I on? I did. I was actually, when I was, after I got done um, watching Echo, I was thinking one of the things that I thought to myself was what makes, like, I was trying to think about my favorite shows, my favorite movies right and i was thinking of lord of the rings just from previously having watched the hobbit and the hobbit isn't my favorite um but the, the original trilogy is my favorite yeah and then i was thinking of arcane and one piece and godzilla and so i was an alien as well um and i was like what makes these films my favorite yeah uh, and it's because of the profound connection i'm able to make with the characters and they're yeah. specifically with lord of the rings for example their enduring struggle against evil despite the depths of adversity that they face despite the pain the hardship the anguish they go through as they experience the loss of loved ones um you know and you know just difficulties just along the journey 
Yeah. Uh, but the consistent theme in that is the message of hope that pervades the films and the books of Lord of the Rings. Um, and, you know, they also emphasize that everyone, even the smallest, can defy evil, including in the mundane aspects of everyday life, right? Uh, and so uh, it's a, a, a unifying message, an empathetic narrative that we can all no matter who you are, get involved with. That's the same that can be said for Godzilla minus one. The same can be said for uh, One Piece and Arcane. Um, one Piece is lower on that list for me. Uh, let, let me rephrase that. Godzilla, Arcane, and uh, uh, Lord of the Rings. But Sure, the but there's stuff that you can still... In, there's still stuff... One Piece. Yeah, there's still stuff yeah. that's there, you know? Um, sort of that, like Luffy's... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, stubbornness in like finding his friends and the way that he'll go out of his way for the people that he cares about. It's still there. It's just, it's different, yeah. right? I mean, like you're definitely not going to put one piece and Lord of the Rings in the same category, but right. There's something to be. Uh, and the last wish as well. Oh, great movie. Uh, oh yeah. We maybe need to actually do a whole episode on that at some point. Jessica, yes. Um, uh, but the key yeah. lies and in, in mentioning these great stories uh, the key lies in the ability to create characters the audience can connect to, irrespective of their visual differences, right? Yeah. Regardless of what they visually look like on the surface layer, if they're white, if they're black, if they're male, if they're female, if they're a Cowboys fan or a Packers fan. None of that matters, right? Um, one of the apparent flaws uh, in this show is that they're the writers, and I... I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to try and defend them. The writers care more about, they prioritize more the visibility over the creation of empathetic characters and a narrative, right? Um, and so... What do you mean by all, that? <laughs> the visibility over the... It goes back to the identity, just focusing on the check bo check boxes. Oh, okay. Like, okay, like I gotta have, I gotta hit all the check boxes, and like that's what makes something good or not. Because I need to preach a message rather than tell a compelling story, right? That yeah, okay, you could still have all that in there, right? That's the thing, right? You can still, in a natural and organic way, um, you know, Apocalypto, right? That's one movie that comes off the top of my head. But yeah, so it's more so about like when I say visualizing, I mean getting all just on the surface level things. Like if someone's um, white, black, you know, Asian, Native American, though, again, nothing wrong with those being focal points. But when that, if your identity is a soul captivating aspect about your story, then your story is going to lack depth and interest. If there's not likable characters, if there's not a compelling uh, narrative that, you know, can, that we can connect to and get engaged in, if we're not being able to, uh, have a compelling writing to delve into the culture of a group I know nothing about that draws me in. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, I think it, one of the things that I enjoy about the, even with Fast X that I can go, is just how in uh, Hispanic culture, the tightness of the family, right? That's one of the things that pervades every single movie so much that it got made into a meme. Yeah, it's right? memeable now the way that they talk about like family, family. dynamics. Yeah, and I, that, that's yeah. totally cool. But I, I well, you know, and, it, and again, going back to <clears throat> to minus one because it's just constantly, you know, it kind of lives rent free in my head right now. Um, totally different culture, totally different time period, 
Um, it's not as if Godzilla is a real thing. Uh, there's so much of that that's like, oh, it's it's not real, but there's a lot... The way that all of that blends together into a movie uh, with all of the different characters, you can feel for all of them. Yep. Uh, the lead actor, the lead actress, they're the little girl, even... Um, you know, the 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 doctor character, the captain, the kid, like they, they all have very distinct personalities and there's things about each one of them uh, that, you know, I've uh, I've never been to war, but it, it hits really hard when you hear them tell the kid they're like, be grateful that you've never had to experience that. And that's something that that goes beyond like Japanese yes. culture. You know what I mean? It, yep. It's something that a lot of people can really get behind, but also and resonate with. Yeah, but also the kids' um, desire to be a part of the fight, and it, and because yep. it's different <clears throat> when by the time he's like, no, I I want to be a part of this, and they're telling him like, no, you need to live, uh, and so like you see that that sort of clash there, and you're like. Not only do I love all of these characters, but I see uh, their perspectives in all of this, and I respect their perspectives in all of this. That's the stuff that really does make uh, that story interesting, is that you have a lot of likable characters. Um, and, you know, I, do you, do you, I, I'm kind of ready to get to Beekeeper, but I don't know if you yeah, have anything else. So let me kind of use that as a, a, uh, a soundboard to go into Beekeeper that... One of the biggest problems that Beekeeper has is it has a lot of really unlikable characters. Yes, it the, does. A lot. Not Jason Statham. I mean, he's pretty static in the movie, and he's kind of fun to watch in the role. Um, but the lead FBI agent... Uh, <laughs> What's her name? Yeah, she... The, it's the same problem that a lot of ri- like modern writing has, where they make the heroine... Like they they try to take a lot of what would generally be considered uh, like male personality traits, at, at least the way that they like they perceive that to be, and they put it on the 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 female character. And what it has this weird tendency to do is just make that character really unlikable, they, yeah. because it's not they're not molding her into her own character. They're just using all of these like oh, she needs to be like this, and she's, like, drunk, and she's doing this thing. Um, and then, of course, it doesn't make any sense because um, she is directly related to why Jason Statham is going out there um, and doing what he's doing. And so there's no way that the FBI would let her run that case. <laughs> well, I think the—I don't think that's— uh the worst problem with the show. No, no, the, I'm just saying like, that was unbelievable. That wasn't okay. Keep going. No, I get what you're saying. I yeah. get what you're saying. No, it doesn't make any sense. But the two most unbelievable parts, and, and on that same line of thinking with the FBI, right? They would never allow her to run that case. But the secondly is who in this day and age still thinks that the FBI does good <laughs> and looks out for the good people? Dude, Hollywood cannot get away from from that trope. They can't. <laughs> like, they can't get away from it. And and to be fair, at least to the uh, uh, for the beekeeper, he is kind of aware that they suck and that the CIA sucks, yep, and that all of these government organizations are, uh, dude. Okay, the weirdest thing for me in the movie, sort of the like, was this intentional? Is Josh Hutcherson, um, 
Joe Biden's son. Dude, is he a stand? Is he a stand-in for Hunter? It has to be because it it's like that. It it seems intentional that he's well, now he's not. You know, Hunter. I don't think is as successful as Josh Josh Hutcherson's character, but like the fact that he's like this drugged up president's son, um, which I guess is a spoiler. But I, to be honest, if you're if you're gonna watch Beekeeper, I guess spoilers. We'll, we'll, I'll just go ahead and throw that out there. Sorry. Um, so that was like a light spoiler or whatever. Not that I think it matters in a, a Jason Statham action flick. Like you're not going into this being like, I don't want to know plot points. <laughs> be yeah. weird. Um, but it is. A, I that was one of the things that really. I was just like, was this on purpose? I was like, is this okay for like, is Hollywood allowed to to kind of like poke this subject in this way? I- <laughs> yeah, it was. I I think it is on the uh, index card now. Uh, of, okay, and I've seen in the uh, corporate press people. It's a January. Uh, Joking yeah. about Hunter. And it's a January movie, so I don't think this is going to get a lot of play. In That's the, the best movie you know. I've seen so far this year. Have I watched any other movies this year? I guess not. That that were released in 2020. That's what I'm Oh, yeah, right, because Bricklayer. Man, we got to we gotta watch something good. Holy smokes. <laughs> um, oh, which I need to add this to the list, don't I? It's a beekeeper. Yeah, I got to add it to the list, too. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But yeah, I um I guess if we're kind of starting from the beginning, um I'm I wasn't sure about the setup at first, but I kind of do like it. I think it works for the type of movie that this is. And I also wish that the movie had stayed as simplistic as the first act is and not yes. gone as like bonkers over the top continually becoming less and less believable as the story goes on. Um it's kind of a problem with it. Uh, there's like a little bit of humor in it, I think, uh, especially towards the beginning with the the one guy uh, who's running that call center. Um, oh, and I, yeah. I, I guess, yeah. I guess I should say that essentially the now that we're in spoiler territory or whatever, essentially the plot and it may have given it away in the trailer, but I just don't remember. Yeah, um, the trailer gives up everything you need to know. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's pretty spot on. Jason Jason Statham is a literal beekeeper um, who used to work for a secret government organization called the Beekeepers, and he is renting out space on a uh, woman's farm. She's an old, older lady, and um, she accidentally gets caught in like a fishing scam. And loses all of her money and about $2 million of a uh, children's charity that she is uh, basically the bookkeeper for, I guess. Or, like, she's the warden of the money for this organization. Um, So she ends up killing herself. And essentially, uh, Jason Statham's character goes on the hunt to find the people who are responsible for this. Uh, And it goes, like, all the way up the government ladder is <laughs> the best way to all, the, to, way all the way to the top. Like when they, when they made the reveal that like Josh Hutcherson's, you know, the, the president's son or whatever. Uh, I was just like, Oh boy, they really just, I mean, they were, they just th- kind of threw the whole bag at, uh, at the movie. And, Dude, uh, the, I was the, like, all right. the funny thing is too, the second most unbelievable part was a, uh, 
a politician with morals and uh, with the president, you know, her being like, I'm going to tell the truth and I'm going to do, I'm like, whatever. At least, so, you know, I've been watching Reacher and the new season's got a, I think he's a senator and he's constantly trying to convince Reacher that he's a good dude and that he had the country's best interest in mind. And Reacher's constantly looking at him like, I don't believe a thing that's coming out of your mouth. Uh, so that is very refreshing to see in that case. But yeah, it's like Hollywood is still doing the same old like uh, dance, like song and dance where they're like, oh, no, you know, these people do have your best interest in mind. There's just some bad apples uh like in in the in the mix or whatever um and it's yeah it just kind of gets to the point where you're like this is just not we need to really stop doing this i think that was one of the complaints what was uh what was the one with uh his name slipping my mind right now um star lord <laughs> the very- oh uh what was the show that he was oh, in on Amazon? Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Um, yeah. Oh shoot. Uh, the Terminal List. The Terminal List, where they kind of had similar problems, where it's like there's always some sort of like bad, these like bad actors within some organization, but the organization itself isn't fully uh, corrupted because of that, you know? Yes. Yep. Um. It, it's yeah. It, it's kind of it's it's kind of stupid. Um, and it, and it makes, in some ways it makes for bad writing because it's just, and I get it, it's an action movie, but like they really, they keep trying to put these like developments into the beekeeper. And I think that's one of the things that holds it back because kind of on this, I guess the big picture, uh, the, the pacing kind of, it's better than obviously like it's better than the bricklayer and it's better than silent night. Um, but the and pa- echo and echo, but the pacing drags like the movie should probably be about 20 minutes shorter than it is um and it ends up it ends up dragging a little bit and it also this is another example of and i've talked about i'm pretty sure i talked about it with bricklayer and i'm sure it's not the only time but it doesn't um go into the schlock like it needs to like they don't um david Ayer, who did suicide squad um or the Suicide Squad, right? I can't. Whatever the first one was. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> um. He did that. He did Fury. Um. And I think he did Fan Stick. Didn't David Ayer direct the really the the extra bad Fantastic Four that came out like six or seven years ago? Ooh, I'm not sure. Um. Okay. I'm pretty sure David Ayer did Fan Stick. Um. So. He's. I don't know if schlock is really his thing. Like he, he strikes me as someone who's kind of a serious director. At least that's how he sees himself. Uh, but he also has these little things in this movie where I go, oh, there's like hints of a really cool uh, action movie with a lot of like bombastic characters. Um, but like in between that, he everything ha- it seems like it's extra serious. So he he ha- it's like the tone of the movie can't decide what it wants to be. Um, yeah, I don't see anything regarding the Fantastic Four, by the way. But he did, you know, he was the director for Fury. Um, he did Bright. Oh, uh, Bright is pretty good. Okay, and that's a yeah. that's a pretty serious movie. Suicide Squad. Um, who did who did Fan? End of Watch, Street Kings, Harsh Times. 
Hang on, I'm and then he was up. a writer on U five seven one, The Fast and the Furious, Training Day, Dark Blue SWAT. Oh, Josh Trank directed Fan Four Stick. I don't know why I thought it was David Ayer. So yeah, now David Ayer oh, is a Chronicle. good and competent um, director and okay. writer. Yeah, he's, uh, he's and I enjoyed this movie. I mean, yeah, plot wise. Uh, narratively speaking there's a lot of things that you do have to overlook yeah and be willing to overlook so but there are fun moments in it i think he leans into uh the whole beekeeper stick uh, yeah. and really like just enough for me and there i mean like there's some good lines like especially this i really i think one of my favorite characters uh was the cia director dude uh when he said to son uh oh. I, don't Jeremy tell me what you're doing yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't tell me what you're doing in your uh, metaverse meth lab. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it got me good. And then when uh, Jason Statham, uh, I don't like the talk up of the beekeeper, kind of like the, that uh, psycho bee- beekeeper coming after him. I thought, oh, okay, this is going to be, you know, someone who's really good and stuff like that. And nope. I mean, Jason Statham just basically owns. Uh, so this particular beekeeper, but it was so funny to me when he uh, threw that uh, jar of honey at her in the head. Yep. So, but he doesn't kill anybody with bees in the movie, does he? No, he doesn't, So, in the, Okay, so, and this is where, where I'm at, because let me tell you what I think would have made this movie a little bit tighter, and I probably would have enjoyed it more. Um, <clears throat> so, Jason Statham is the retired beekeeper, so you keep kind of the... The general plot synopsis the same. Um, the first like uh, section of the movie basically plays out the same, and you know he goes to the uh, the call center. Uh, the whole thing plays out like that, and so you get a bit of that seriousness, right? Right. And then <clears throat> the beekeepers, the because and and you'd have to change a little bit of the plot, I think. Um, so it's not just a single beekeeper. Um, you know, it, maybe it's like a small elite group, but <clears throat> instead of having like a, you know, these weird sort of, uh, uh, sprinkled in, uh, uh, kind of like crazy characters, uh, like over the top, cause you have like the guy that's, I guess he's Australian at the end, the, the, the echo, the male echo <laughs> character. Yeah. Um, and then you have the girl. Uh, who's got the minigun on the back of her truck or whatever it was. Um, you you need three or four more characters like that in this. And from the moment that you have the scene at the gas station, basically every other scene leading... And, you know, you have to have the stuff in between of sort of the, these, like, small moments of, you know, revealing what's kind of going on. Um, and, and, you know, Josh Hutcherson's character, there's some work you probably have to do in there, but the main part of the plot and what, again, it's like, we, we talked about this with a lot of these movies. You, you really need to dig into, this is a story about a, uh, a very like, uh, competent killer, uh, trying to, uh, get revenge or get justice for, uh, someone that he cared about that was hurt by a group of people. So like, yeah. that's your through line. And then the thing that makes it fun is that you come up with these crazy characters that he has to take out like one by one, getting all the way to his goal. Like these, yeah, the mini bosses, yeah. so to say. 
yeah, along the way. Exactly. And then you have like the big bat or whatever, and I don't know. Uh, you you can you know obviously you have to kind of decide how schlocky you want to go with that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, I I think that would have made it more entertaining. You really need to cut out a good bit of the the exposition and some of the twists and turns or just like there there's stuff in it that doesn't need to be there it it just a lot of these action movies need to be tighter than they are you know agreed um but yeah i think that would have made it just a little bit better because it's definitely got like foundational stuff in there that works really well for me um it's everything else that ultimately starts to fall apart because it just takes a little too long to get to its destination um, but the fights are fun. I, I, I don't, I didn't really have much of a problem with, with any of it. Agree. Um, it, it's, it's goofy. The fight scenes were great. I mean, you oh, know, from yeah. my perspective, I mean, yeah. there were a couple instances. Like, uh, you the, know. the scene where he, uh, takes on like 10 FBI SWAT members with his bare hands is a bit like, bro. They're not getting like your your hands would be hurting way more than they would with their helmets and like uh yeah. you know bulletproof vests. So it, there's stuff like that in it where you're like, okay, he's not a superhuman, you know. Yeah. And that's what which I'm which is very much they is how he is presented in this film is that yeah. he's a superhero. He's basically Just, the Terminator. Like they're yeah. you know he he does get hurt, but like he he does stuff that you're like mm, I don't know about that. Um, He's the elite of the elite, or as they put it, when the CIA director hired the Navy SEALs and whoever else, he's like, if we yeah. had SEAL Team 6 in here, he would oh, make them look like a bunch of yeah. wusses. And and the guy running that, the minute that he knew what he was up against and and knew he didn't couldn't win, couldn't win, definitely would have been like, you know what, man? It isn't worth it. Do whatever you need to. I'm leaving. Like, he's not... Yep. Those kind of guys are not going to just, like, sacrifice... And that's something that I've I've always thought was, like, a, a, a bad trope, that it would be really good to see someone subvert, is when you have, like, these hired guns... And I'm sure it's happened and stuff. Um, but, like, when you have these hired guns, and they realize, like, oh, we can't win this. Like, this is this is impossible for us. That they, yeah. they're just like, all right, I'm going home. <laughs> yeah, like that one guy that had like lost his leg or whatever it was um or i uh i think it was his leg and he's like uh at the end that in the yellow tank top i think it was uh, yeah when he's saying i got lucky killing one beekeeper and that's all it was i'm surprised if you got lucky why wouldn't you just leave that was my thought yeah. i get you know you know they're set, setting everything up but i do think that trope well, is a bit and that's where overplayed. you that's where you need the like insanity factor of all of these crazy characters that are coming after, or right? These, yeah, these other beekeepers that just like maybe you. It's like a group of people. Maybe it's not even beekeepers. Maybe if they washed out, or you know, they were almost good enough, but like they just because there's there's stuff in it that just doesn't make sense when you get down to. Because even the the girl who was like the the current beekeeper, they're like, oh, she's um she's like unstable or whatever. It's like, well, that organization doesn't seem like they would allow that to be their one and only beekeeper. Yeah. Like exactly. that doesn't that doesn't really make a lot of sense. So. Um, who knows? Like stuff gets I changed think they were in the going writing. For that John Wick kind of yeah, of the assassins, you know, the Which, secret over the top, y- the, you know, the movie organization. Do you remember? Do you remember Smoke and Aces? Because that's the movie that I was thinking about quite a no. bit with this. I I'm not going to say one whether one way or another whether that was good. I remember liking it a lot when it came out, but that was right. 
twin 2006 or seven, something like that. Maybe it was 2007. Um, but it's the idea is it's that a bunch of like uh, kind of kooky assassins uh, go into a um, I think it's in Las Vegas somewhere like that. Maybe it was Reno. Um, anyway, they go into a casino because um, they're trying to assassinate someone, and they're all it's all these different types. Like some of them are a little more serious, some of them are like crazy, and you know they use chainsaws to like take people out. And it's like that was kind of what I had in my head of if they had taken sort of that concept and applied it to okay what if we used a lot of different characters like that and they're all going up against Jason Statham and and like in order for him to get to the target or whatever he needs to um he's got to get through all of these different types of people so it's all these interesting types of obstacles you can write a lot of interesting action scenes around that involving a sniper or like a a group of brothers that carry chainsaws around and you know Jason Statham has to figure that out and um, I think that's ultimately where I, I kind of like the movie doesn't quite get into even that average territory for me because it just it hits a couple points where I'm like, oh, man, this is this is kind of cool. But a lot of it still just gets bogged down. So. Yeah. No, I get that, man. Uh, sorry, my screen froze up so i oh, you're okay. didn't catch the last like 15 seconds or 10 seconds, I should say. I was just kind of repeating what I had said before about. Uh, it would have just been nice if they had um, gone a little bit more into the schlock, gone a little bit more into oh, yeah, you know yeah. these different types of characters that just make the movie a little bit more memorable. You know, um, so when the beekeeper, the insane one, uh, when she appeared, yeah. right, I was like, oh, okay, that's what we're going to start getting. And then when we didn't yeah. get that, I was kind of let down because I thought, okay, this well, is going to get more over the top. Yeah, there's these shadows of like what of of ideas that they had, and I was saying I don't know if they there was like some producer interference with what you know because that does happen yeah um david Ayers, uh, you know with the suicide squad stuff very uh aware of of the kind of uh stuff that can happen with studio interference uh in a movie oh so, absolutely uh so i don't i don't know for sure what um what went wrong there but it does it, it, a lot of the seriousness and like i said the exposition and a lot of these extra scenes that it's like we listen we're here to watch jason statham beat people up and take people out in you know yes. elaborate ways like in the same way that, that violent night yeah that's the that that's where like violent night in those moments is the best and then when that's not happening you're like can we please get back to that yep that's the interesting stuff. Like, let's not spend a lot of time with these, like, third, uh, like, secondary characters or these B-plots. <laughs> B-plots. Um, let's keep it as tight as possible and as focused as possible. And I, I think if focus is a, is a problem with a lot of modern stuff. It just it, it doesn't need to be more than what it is, you know? It, when you watch a movie called The Beekeeper, you're kind of going into it with an understanding of what you're probably getting. Um, but I'll say that I was my expectations were lower than sort of the outcome of what I got. Um, but ultimately, I just wish it had been a tighter movie. That's kind of what it comes yeah. down to. Yeah, and nah, I agree with you. That's really all I've got to say about it, Joseph. I don't know if you've got right. some some more. Um, it's got some decent one-liners. They they definitely work better than the stuff from The Bricklayer. 
Um, and yeah, definitely more, yeah, definitely more than Silent Night because no one talks in that movie, and you're just—it's awkward. That dude, Silent Night has got to be one of the most awkward movies I've seen in a while. It, oh, dude, it was—it's it, just—it's we—it's weird to watch it because you're like, I don't understand. I'm like, I don't understand what they were going for with this. And I, and I had messaged you right because I only got about—I think I got about halfway through it before I turned it off. But I was like. Again, it's got the same problem. It's like I came here to watch a like revenge action flick, and you're giving me a family drama that's borderline a silent film. Yep. And I'm not into this, <laughs> which is probably why it wasn't in theaters for very long, and I'm sure got a limited release, and no one talked about it, and it disappeared. Very quick, because yeah. it just wasn't good. I yeah. mean, you know... Uh, the trailers if you've seen the trailer that's all you need to see just don't watch the movie just see the trailer and be like oh that was a nice experience watching that trailer yeah and you kind of get everything you probably need from the trailer it's like oh that was kind of that's kind of a cool shot and then it's like well there's not a lot of that in the movie and you're like and you save yourself two hours yeah and it sucks because uh the director um you know he's made some good stuff in the past like some you know he was like the action guy in the 90s. Uh, how many times have we said that? It's kind of... What's that saying about Ridley Scott? Ridley Scott's only ever as good John as the script is. Yeah. Oh, well, he's... John Woo's 77. Um, But, you know, he, like... <clears throat> Face-Off is pretty schlocky, but, like, he did Face-Off. Um, I haven't ever seen Red Cliff, but people talk pretty highly of Red Cliff. Um, Hard Target. Let's see. I remember Paycheck being all right. Doctors, Mission Impossible Two. Mission, not Mission Impossible Two though. Oof. <laughs> like the re- the replacement killers is kind of a personal favorite from back in the nineties. Um, it's not amazing, but you know, it's that that kind of stuff that he was doing stuff that people had never seen before. You know, right. kind of the progenitor, if you will, of of the modern action film and bullet time and a lot of that stuff. Um, so I don't, I just don't understand what happened with that. Um, oh, he did Law Abiding Citizen. Oh, he did. Weren't we talking about this recently? Why were we talking about Law Abiding Citizen? It was a no, no. He must have been a writer on it because Gary Gray directed yeah, I was this. Say. Um. And what was his connection? Anyway, um, it doesn't really matter. Uh, yeah, man, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't really have anything else to say about the beekeeper. Pretty much covered it. Me either. Um, it a it's, bee movie, right? Yeah, it's it's a movie that I would say when it comes out on streaming, if you kind of just want to watch an action flick that's not gonna piss you off, uh, and you're curious or you like Jason Statham or whatever, um, it might be worth a watch. Uh, it, it's just, you know, it's not great, um, but it's... It's a fun movie. I think it's... Yeah. If I would have... If I would have gone to... Never mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I can't... It's definitely a money I was... It's definitely a movie I was happy... I would be happy to spend money on. Okay. Let me just say. Fair enough. Um. I, Rather than go to a streaming service, you know, I can't recommend. I, I can't recommend you know, a theater watch for it. 
I just really? can't. Yeah, I can't. I don't. I unless you you're. I can. Unless it's like a. Uh, I think it's fun enough to you know you go see during the matinee, right? Sure. And I think it's a fun movie, fun and entertaining movie that's worth you know ten bucks. Well, see, I don't really think so. I think you could skip it for the most part, or at least wait till it's out on or streaming. Or if it's a matinee, like five dollars. Yeah, you can also do that as well. Like I, yeah. I think that's fine. I wouldn't. Again, I, I say like I don't think you're gonna. For me, I didn't walk away mad, right? Oh well, yeah, I didn't either. I was I was kind of like, all right. It's like I've been saying. It's had some interesting stuff going on in it, and the rest of it just didn't do anything for me. And I was by the time we got into the third act and stuff was like popping off. I was kind of already looking at my phone, just being like, I, you know, this is not, think, this isn't I doing think it I for had me. A bit more fun with it. Yeah, maybe you did. But <laughs> I'll say this. We also got to talk about um, what, do you have anything else to say about Beekeeper? Nope. Okay. So just real fast, what do you want to review next week? Oh. There's Mean Girls. Oh, no. Probably not Mean Girls. It's a musical. I don't really want to watch it. <laughs> I've I've seen Mean Girls. I've seen the only version of Mean Girls that really needs to exist. I cannot believe that we live in a time period now where I'm talking about Mean Girls the same way I'm talking about Terminator 1 and 2. Right. That it's like, oh, no, it's just there is a Mean Girls movie and you don't need anything else. Anything after that is not worth your time. Um, I, That's it. I will, th- I will think about it. Um, man, well, Echo's done. I don't know what else. We're what we're on the we're on the back end of January. I don't. We got Halo next month. Um, oh, that's February. We also have the yeah. uh, last Airbender next month. Oh yeah. I will say this. Um, I don't know. It's not really as much of a recommendation because I don't know if it's getting a season two. I watched the show on Netflix. Let me let me pull this up real quick and see if I can find it real quick. Um, it's not great, but it actually had kind of an interesting twist at the end because like I've I've been trying to branch out a little. Oh, also Gran Turismo's on Netflix. Um, yeah. I need to actually sit down and watch it. Uh, crap. I might not be able to find it now because I finished it. We have, so we have Argyle um, February second, and then we have oh, Adam Webb on Valentine's Day. I think the show was called Ghost Class. It came out last year, and it's got one of the girls from the Cobra Kai series in it, mm-hmm. and she dies. And her her ghost is haunting the school, and she's trying to figure out what happened to her. This isn't a recommendation, really, because I I think it's it's got some pacing problems, um, and it's kind of just more like Netflix stuff. Like it's it's not like any it's not like in that top tier category of some of the stuff that Netflix has put out. Um, but it had kind of an interesting twist. Like, I, I actually, I had to give a little bit of credit there that I was like, hmm, okay. I was like, that's an interesting way of, of you doing uh, this whole thing. Um, but I don't think it's going to get a season two, so I, I, it's it's hard to even recommend on that, you know what I mean? 
Um, it also apparently was a Paramount Plus thing, and it makes me think that Paramount Plus is on the way out. I mean, I know they probably are, but it, that was kind of that. That feels like a nail in the coffin for Paramount Plus. Yeah. That their stuff is showing up on Netflix now. Yeah. Um, which may mean we at some point this year or not too long after that see a deal where everything from Paramount Plus basically gets absorbed into Netflix, or they start yep. giving them out to like Amazon and Netflix and the other services that are doing better. Um, which is good because we may see a return of the office and parks and rec to Netflix or Amazon, which uh would be great because I was never gonna play f- or pay for what was it, Peacock, specifically just to to get those. I miss them yeah. sometimes, but I wasn't going to do that. I agree. So, yeah, man, uh, I don't know. We, you know, we could talk about Gran Turismo. I'm going to, I'll uh, I'll send we'll you. Maybe we'll talk about The Last Wish. Uh, oh, we could do that. I will send you this movie, the name of this movie, and you can tell me if you potentially want to do that for next week, too. Okay. So, because it could be interesting. And it's kind of, I feel like it's in your, your wheelhouse a little bit. Um, so I'm going to keep it a secret though, just for now. Okay. All right. That sounds good. All right. Oh yeah. 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 Text me. Let me know. Yeah. Yeah. I will. Um, well, thank you all once again, whether live or listening to this later on a podcast service or the reupload on YouTube, uh, to coming and, uh, hearing from us here at the underground for episode 159. Uh, we'll be back next week with more, entertainment talk whatever whatever the next thing happens to be um and until then y'all take it easy see ya